Testing, 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 testicles, testing, 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 testing. Hello, Ghosty. Thank you for joining and welcome. This is your home for all things paranormal, the unexplained, terrifying, and more ghost stories and only scary stories from you. You are currently listening to episode 5.2. Episodes point two are our together in a cabin version. These episodes are more comedic and have commentary along with your stories. Episodes point oh are our alone in the woods versions. They are not for the faint of heart and highly story-based. Listen to both or listen to one. But I'm your host, Sarah, and we're starting now. Well, hi. This is Hello Ghosty. And it's your host, Sarah. And And guest William. Yeah, we have a special guest this week, Mr. Do you want to go by Will or William? Will is fine. Okay. Or we can just call you William. Because you said that already. And who are you? I'm William. Uh, I'm your neighbor. Known you for a little bit through uh, my girlfriend. You guys are friends for Mm -hmm. a long time. Yeah. Uh, That's about it for generalized purposing. Is it bad that I forgot you were our neighbor? Yes, very bad. I'm a stranger. She doesn't know who I am. You said our neighbor, and I was just like, what? And then I realized we're in the same building. Yeah, not too far away. Yeah, one walk. Have you ever counted the stairs while you're walking down here? Not a chance. No. no. I do enough counting at work. That's true. Okay, so how was your week? My week was good. A little stressful at work, you know, all the customers. Um, going to the gym late at night, going early in the morning to work. Uh, you, go, you only go to the gym late at night? Yes, we go very late at night. See, this is that's a really great place to listen to podcasts. Like yeah, that would be a good gym. idea. While you're doing yeah. the treadmill, you just stay in there for, say, 10 minutes walking it. Yeah. I know uh, Michaela does that a lot. Yeah. I hope she's listening to this podcast. Oh, she might. If she's not, then bad things are going to happen. <laughs> Just like the stuff we're going to see in these stories, I suppose. Yeah. Hey, Ben. Oh, Ben wants his cuddles. He <laughs> obviously wants his cuddles. I don't know. I really think Mr. Ben, in a past life, he was somebody that like didn't get enough love. So in this life... He's, he's getting meant- all the love that he wants. Yeah, he's meant to get all the love. And he's meant to give all the love because that's just his thing. But then he wanders off suspiciously to get And then food. the AC goes off. Yeah. And something else is about to happen. Yeah. Ooh. Did you get the promotion at work? Yes, I did. Oh, yay. Yay, that's good news. Woo! He got a promotion. So more bullshit to deal with. Oh, so what do you get to do now with your, your new... I was pretty much doing the specialist job already. So mm-hmm. it's basically the same thing, 
I just have to fix things when it gets to a higher level instead of asking for someone else. I'm the person that has to talk to these phone numbers and wait on hold and fix the issues and the old customers being very pissed off for no reason. Oh, so it's like dealing with angry people. Yes. (laughs) If someone else messes their thing up, I have to fix it. Stuff like that. See, that's like, I've never had that experience because I've only been in like, like clothing type retail. So it's like, yeah. It's a whole different beast. You get the shipment. It's like you just get the object. You don't have like the installations or anything like that. So you deal with. You're just working with clothes. The whole entire house full of shit to deal with. Mm. Yeah, I go to other departments sometimes and help out and try to figure out their projects and help them build what they need. Yeah. That sounds like a fun time. <laughs> it's fun when the customer is nice. When they're being an asshole, yeah. it's annoying. Yeah. And you're only in the flooring, right? Like. And that's where I'm supposed to be at. Yes. Okay. Do they have you cross ever? All the or... time. Oh. Uh, you know, the customer needs something else. Yeah. You go there with them. Or if no oh. one's at the department and the bell's ringing, you have to go there and try to help out. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll make sure to come to you for our flooring needs one day. <laughs> okay. You can sign up with a credit card. I promise it'll be nice. I'll, I like their garden section. They have a great garden section. I could live There's in There's a lot record. of shit in there. Yeah. The thing that always surprises me is like how far it extends outside. And, like, people could literally just drive up and steal them, alter the rocks. Oh, yeah, they leave them out, a couple things out there. Yeah. But it's not very expensive stuff, so. Yeah, so it's okay. But it's it's just, like, out there, it's like, oh, free vault. And they could just, <laughs> like, nobody would even know. Yeah, you but, wouldn't know. No. Hey, Ben. Ben's bat. Oh, okay, one more thing I can think of. We were talking about Oreos. Okay. Yeah, and what's your favorite Oreo flavor? My favorite Oreo yeah. flavor, they had a triple chocolate one at one point. Um, I haven't seen it since. i only seen it the one time picked it up. But oh, man. it was three different types of chocolates uh, stuffed in one Oreo. Oh. And that thing was definitely the best one I've had. Other than that, the fireworks one is very good. What's in the fireworks one? Pop Rocks. Oh, my gosh. No way. So you eat it and it crunches in your mouth. <laughs> I want that one. That sounds so fun. The 4th of July and January 1st, usually they have a lot of business on that one. Man, I need to tell, actually, let me text Ottawa and see, can you pick up Oreos? Actually, let me call him because I want to know if he can pick them up. I mean, it probably, I don't know if all these has the yeah, Oreos. Yeah, they have a lot of weird stuff. be there. like off-branded Oreos, but hey. Are you yeah. are you at Aldi's Aldi. right now? Aldi. Okay. Can you see if they have Oreos? Like you know, like the Oreo cookie. No, I don't. What? No <laughs> kidding. Mm, okay. We're we're worried. Do you have the Oreo cookie? Could you pick up like Aldi's Oreo cookie if they have like a generic off-brand one? Anything else? No, we're just, we're talking about Oreos and that just sounds really, really good. Uh, yeah. If they have one, like the little chocolate one with the white stuff inside, you do know what it is, right? Okay. Okay, okay bye. Oh my gosh. 
When he said he didn't know what an Oreo is, that actually got me really worried. You didn't know what an Oreo is? <laughs> no. He That's was, what he said. I didn't know like, what he said. He was like, I don't know what it is. He was like, no, I don't know what it is. And I, I was That's like. That's a lie. Yeah. I think Oreos are, I think they're an international brand. Like, I've seen them internationally. No. Triple chocolate yes. sounds really good. They have all kinds of flavors. They're, yeah. I always love trying the newer ones when I see them. Yeah. One day I was upstairs and I like, y'all bought some Oreo flavor and it was already mm -hmm. open. So I, I like ate one to try it. And then Michaela was like, I hope you like didn't just open the package and it was already <laughs> open or something. Oh, like, she's about her Oreos. I was like, go away. <laughs> I want to try the Oreo, but yeah, this sounds really good. I need to get it. I want to try the triple chocolate one now. I tried the mocha cookie one. Yeah. That was okay. Birthday cake's my favorite. I don't like the ones that are like the like the light colored ones, the yellow. The white ones. Yeah. I, I don't like those ones either. Only no. chocolate. Only chocolate. That's the best. We'll see how Aldi's compares now. Come on, Aldi's. Okay. Let's go. Yeah. This next story is um, called Mr. Red Eyes Continued. Let's see. Yeah, we did have a Mr. Red Eye story a few. It was either last episode or a few episodes ago. So okay. That makes sense. This is a continuation. Yeah. Okay. So let's read. Mr. Red Eyes Continued. Okay. I'm around 13 or 15 years old at this time. I was staying at my grandparents' house for a couple weekends. This is when things got a little weirder due to I wasn't just seeing him at night now. The first couple of nights, he would just kind of stare at me from the bedroom door. Telling anybody was not an option. I was afraid I'd sound crazy, but this went on persistently. It was almost like I could hear the silence or what came from the silence. Fear was a, a companion by this time. The following weekend while staying with my grandparents is when I really thought I was losing it. I would be in the room or in the living room while my grandparents were outside. I'd like to say at this point I live in southern U.S. and my grandparents weren't crappy people. It was just common practice that they would work outside and the kids would play inside. Mm -hmm. So while I was playing and watching TV during the day, the red-eyed man would peek around corners. This would even go as far as... And then it stops. The Maybe the, the eye, the red eye man, got him <laughs> as they were riding yeah. him or her. When it, when he wrote it, I I believe they they mentioned. Hi. When they wrote it, I believe they mentioned that they had trouble posting the story and they had to repost it several times because it mm. was getting deleted. So maybe that this was another case, unless I just accidentally forgot to copy paste. <laughs> You might have forgot the whole page. I don't know. Yeah. It's like half a page and that's yeah. it. I created my own obvious story. Oh my goodness. So based on that, we didn't really get too much off of that there. Yeah. It was only, did he mention it was only his grandparents' house? Yeah, it was at his grandparents' house. Well, here was Mr. Red Eyes then. Like, so Red Eyes was just watching watching the person, I assume. Oh my goodness. So Red, Red Eyes is like, I've, I've mentioned that before, mm. like, Red eyes is very, very sinister. Like black eyes, we know black eyed children. 
black-eyed demons. Like Black-eyed peas. Black-eyed peas. Very scary. Fergie. Yeah, they, they got some... They were scary for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, it's it's not a good situation. Oh, my gosh. Maybe, maybe get out of the house. Yeah, maybe that's why your grandparents were working outside. They didn't want to see the red eyes. They're just leaving the children as a um, sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are sorry, guys. You were sacrificed. That's why they were working outside. They weren't planning to come back and get you. No. no. Very odd. So I guess the Mr. Red Eyes has been staring and watching the person around the house. Pretty much. I wish there was a little bit more context. I, mean, I know. I want to know the rest of the story. You're going to have to find it and tell the rest of it on the next episode. Yeah. Please do. If they'll let you post it. Mr. Red Eyes is not a kind guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, so this one is called, I'll, I'll just put this over here while I read it and I'll make sure it picks okay. it up and then I'll switch it between us. Okay, so this one is called, well, I should say who sent it. This one was from Miokbra on Reddit. It's titled Muddy Boots. Ooh, yeah. descriptive. Yeah, funny boots. That can mean so many things. I'm scared to know what that means. Ooh, okay. Suspicious. Ooh, sus. <laughs> Although a short story, still a creepy one in my opinion. Sometimes when me and my siblings would get sick, we would sleep on the couch. Honestly, I couldn't really tell you why. Maybe we just wanted to watch TV or something. But one night, me and my brother were sleeping on the couch. My head was laying on the armrest, and the end of the couch was facing the archway that leads into the kitchen, where the sliding door is. The back door is connected to the other side of the kitchen that I could not see. We live on 20 acres, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Well, that sounds like bad news. Recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Which makes this story a bit weirder. I couldn't really seem to sleep that night. We had a cable box under the TV that showed the time in glowing numbers. As I stare at the time wide awake, wishing I could just fall asleep, the time is around 2.50 a.m. It's like the devil's hour. Yeah, like 3 almost 3 o'clock. Yeah. I close my eyes, and I'm not sure how much time passes, but I am awoken by the sound of the back door closing. A bit startled. I didn't think much at first, but only seconds later, I hear the sound of heavy boots walking through the kitchen. <laughs> sound effects. <laughs> uh, I stared to the kitchen fear and fear, waiting to see what I thought was an intruder walk past, but no one ever walks by. I stared and stared, just waiting to see someone in our home, but to no prevail. Now, you may say this was a hallucination or a dream, but my brother heard the whole thing, too. Later the next day, I asked all of my family members if they, if they were awake around that time, and all of them said no. But the scariest part of the whole story is I heard whatever it was come inside through the back door, but I never heard it leave. 
whatever came in that night and walked through our kitchen never left. Oh my god. <laughs> well, the ending of that was very, very entertaining. That was the end right there? Yeah. Cliffhanger. So, yeah. Muddy Boots, it never left. Well, if you didn't see, my thought is like if you didn't see it in person, then maybe you just didn't hear it leave. Maybe it left. Maybe it's just a good hider. Yeah, it could be. Oh, well, that's not a nice thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a nice yeah. story. Yeah. Where do you think it could be hiding? It could have um, stashed itself away in a cabinet, waited for everyone to leave one day, and then maybe left, or. It could have yeah. gone to the attic if there is one. Yeah. Do you have any empty cabinets in your kitchen? It said it walked to the kitchen. Was that it? I think something it like so. walked across to the kitchen. So like, do you have any empty cabinets in your kitchen? Not me. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Everything's full of shit. Maybe it's hiding in the refrigerator. No. Yeah. You would hear some stuff playing around. Yeah. How so doing cleaning with the attic thing. There's been a lot of stories of people living in attics and a family finding out years later or months mm. later. I've seen a couple um, posts about like police investigations about that. So that's a very real possibility. Oh my god! If they could, so if it it could be a real person, you think hiding in the attic? Yes. Oh my! It's god. possible. Do you have an attic, or do you have a basement? Could be a basement. No, I have a neighbor downstairs. <laughs> well, no, not, not you guys, but like them in the story. Could have been a basement. Like maybe they could have they could have stuck in the basement. I feel like that would be even scarier if they were in the basement. Yeah. So they could just come up at any time. Yeah. That would be well in the attic they could come down anytime. <laughs> yeah, but you can um like, better defend yourself from below. Yeah, that's true. Because they have to jump down or crawl down the ladder. With uh, the basement, they just walk upstairs. Yeah. Yeah, that's Leaves true. Leaves their hands free. But if they went in the attic, you could you could possibly hear like the stairs pulling down from the ceiling. Because you have to pull the... Yeah. Maybe. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so... I wonder if there was there footprints in there. Yeah, that's a good yeah. that's a good question because like money boots, I feel like I've read a lot where there are footprints, where there are footprints, where there's signs of like mud and boots and things. Like Yeah, I mean if they were muddy boots, there's definitely gonna be some sort of trail. Yeah. Um you can follow the trail and see where it leads. I think that might be a hole in the story there. Yeah, I got so many questions about this actually. Like <laughs> Please contact us back. Let us know if you saw mud, if you saw anything in your cabinet, if you have an attic or a basement. Maybe send us the blueprints to your home. <laughs> yeah, we need to see what's going on here yeah. and figure out what happened. It's very sus. Very sus. Mr. Ben. All right. So our next story, it's coming from Capital Exam on Reddit. The title is Plain Ouija by Myself. I don't like a Ouija board, so let's see how this goes. <laughs> Sounds like a like a something like if you had to describe yourself during an interview. Well, I like to play Ouija by myself. Yeah, if I was uh, interviewing somebody, that'd be a big red flag. Yeah. But let's go. So hear me out. 
I know there are many different rules to the Ouija board, but they are all set out on different beliefs. I have bad dreams. I've had dreams of those who have passed on before me who I've never met. My great-grandmother, great-grandfather, and my boyfriend's grandmother. I'd be surprised if you get a apparition of that How if you've never met her. Well, that was three people there. Oh, wow. We believe that my great-grandparents are in the house due to a variety of reasons. When I have played Ouija before with others, they have spoken to us. I've not played it in about two years. Last night, I had a feeling that I needed to play. My dreams have been increasing with those beyond, and I've had a feeling they needed to tell me something. I don't describe myself as a psychic, medium, clairvoyant, etc. I am just a girl who is very spiritual. I tell everyone that I don't come to spirits. Spirits come to me. <laughs> well, that is like, that's suspicious right there. Kind of, kind of like the ghost whisperer, I guess. Yeah, like show. if they're coming to you, like that's that's pretty special. Like that's not something everybody has. No, it's a special talent, yeah. I guess. So continuing. Last night I had a breakout board. I had a feeling this was overdue and they needed to tell me something. I set my intentions to have a positive experience and an open mind. I say hi. Luigi says it back. I ask if they are a relative, they say yes. The name is that of my great-grandmother. She doesn't have a lot to say. I ask if anyone else is here. My great-grandfather comes through. I ask if he needs me to say anything to my grandfather. He gives me the number two. I ask how many dreams I had of him, and he answers correctly. One. He also gave me one and two at the end of the session. I then ask if someone else is there. It's my boyfriend's grandmother. Oh I ask how many dreams she has been in, and it was answered correctly. Three. I ask her why she comes to me, and she spelled perfect for name. Okay. Was I she asked, spelled perfect what? Perfect for name. Maybe that's the boyfriend's name. Oh, like, okay, okay. Maybe that was a typo in writing or something. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. I ask if she has a message for her grandchildren. She spells out O-T-W three times. One for each grandchildren. I ask if she will be in one of more, more of my dreams, and it's spelled out obviously. She didn't have anything to say after this. I asked the board if this was overdue, and they said yes. I asked if anything else needed to be said. It said no. I told the board thank you. It said thank you back, and then I said goodbye. Today I was thinking about the number 2112. I looked it up, and it showed angel numbers. This number is very specific to my situation currently. My boyfriend, my life, my future career. I am definitely a little shocked, to say the least. I've never heard of this angel number before until the board gave it to me. I also cannot confirm until I ask my grandparents, but I believe they also lived at an address as 2112. Oh my. And that's it there. Oh my gosh. So maybe Angel's trying to reach uh, this poster here. Wow. So, like, okay, this is interesting. Like, how, okay. I can't remember. Like, how many people? It was three people. The great-grandmother, great-grandfather, and then uh, the boyfriend's great-grandmother. Wait, you remember that much? Wow. 
I try to keep retention. <laughs> That's, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I remember the boyfriend's great-grandmother, but, okay, yeah, it sounds like there's several people trying to contact them, like. But they're all working together. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Like a little, like, army of positive angel spirits. An army doesn't sound positive. Maybe a group. <laughs> Yeah, a better. A group of positive angel spirits. And but that's that's very okay. I can't speak for everyone, but that seems very rare using an Ouija board to like talk with angels and you get a very positive spirit on the other side. I wonder if it's the devil trying to trick its way in. Yeah, that was another thought too, unfortunately. I've never but... had any experience with the Ouija board, but usually they have a negative light to it. Yeah. But I have seen stories, a lot of people use it and have good experiences. So, I yeah. mean, this could be a good experience here. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure why they were trying to tell an angel number. That's uh, a little bit out of my mind there. I'm not sure how that came to be. What was it? 2112? Two, one, two. Yeah. Huh. So apparently I've that was the that. the great grandparents' address number, possibly. I mean, like they they do say like numbers are a big way for like angels to communicate. Like if you see numbers and stuff, like I'll see numbers and things around, like repetitive numbers, and like I know it's a good sign. Like I guess, huh? I want to know if it is the house number, if the two one one two. Possibly. I really want to know that. And also, I used to work at the gas station. Usually, people would have their favorite numbers they'd play on the lottery tickets. Or um, if they see a number a bunch of times, they would play that number and yeah. sometimes get it. So, you might want to play some Mega Ball or Power Ball and use those numbers. <laughs> that's, that's a good point, actually. What, just out of curiosity, do you know the most anybody won from doing the lottery at your gas station? No. No. Um, no. I know no. someone won 50000 but I'm not sure if anyone won more than that. Wow. They didn't come in and give you part of the 50000 I don't think that one did. Um, some of them, the regular customers that came in and played, there were some that would spend hundreds every day. Yeah. And they'd sometimes make it back, make double, or make only a little bit back. Yeah. But um, usually yeah. if a regular customer would hit a big thing, like a hundred or 500 sometimes they would give me a tip on that yeah like that's nice yeah you it's were... very nice when they did that because they're yeah. not obligated to do so you were the angel spirit to them <laughs> i was the gas station angel <laughs> i feel like that needs to be on a shirt the gas station angel yeah put a merch line <laughs> oh that's very funny so this one is written by I can't even pronounce it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. Maybe it's a cool way of saying Kool-Aid. Like drink. Maybe it's not. Kool-Aid. On Reddit. It's titled Haunted or Cursed Pictures. Or perhaps I'm just a numb nut. Either case, true story. <laughs> I've never heard that. A numb nut. Yeah, numb nut. Warning, I did not proofread this thoroughly. Hopefully it doesn't read like I wrote it drunk. I was not drunk for the record. <laughs> okay. 
20 odd years ago began a period of my life I'd probably do well to forget, though we'll never have the luxury. Long story short, I was an obstinate non-believer in any and all things paranormal and or metaphysical. Through a mutual interest of missed friends or abandoned places and a girlfriend at that time, I eventually found myself, while still a non-believer, intrigued enough to spend quite a bit of time researching some of the peculiar abandoned and haunted locals of northeastern Pennsylvania. Mm. Yeah, I've never been to Pennsylvania, but sure they got haunts. (laughs) As time progressed, more than enough first and second hand experiences converted me to skeptic at the very least. And finally, although I am getting ahead of myself, I was left with no choice in life but to say, I don't, can't, and won't ever be capable of comprehending the way of some things. There exists that which is beyond my comprehension as the human I am, all due to the experiences of a place I will refer to as the lodge and all that surrounded the whole kit and caboodle. Now, this sounds good. <laughs> yeah, this one does. Okay, what does kid and caboodle mean? Kid and caboodle is basically saying all of something. Like, if you have a, oh. say you have a garage full of tools. Oh, it's your kid and caboodle. I got caboodle. the kid and caboodle tools or oh. some, something similar like that. It's kind of odd to put it in the same. See, I've never like, heard it like they in have a same. Cat, cat food brand named Kit and Caboodle, too. But it's just an old saying. It's not very often used anymore. You're right. It is a cat food van. Yeah. Because I I think I bought it for the cats for a while when we moved to Melbourne. Oh, my goodness. The kit and caboodle. <laughs> That's it's cute. Kit and caboodle the, food brand. The kit and like caboodle. stuff. Yeah. I've never heard it in a thing, though, huh? That's interesting. The place itself had a rather bizarre reputation filled with as much nonsensical allure as it had legitimately strange history stories dug up from locals who are old enough to remember said the ancient building was a poor farm that was eventually converted to a bed and breakfast supposedly it was rumored to be used as means of housing and shuttling slaves participating in the underground railroad system although i could not verify this it was even peculiar confirmed to have been accessible Oh, wait, no, I missed the sentence, huh? Mm-hmm. It was even peculiar in a structural sense with a su- subterranean second basement. Many people confirmed to have been accessible, but eventually was sealed off, or at the very least, unable to be located, as strange as that may sound. So in regards to the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. It was also the site for occult practices that seemingly involved satanism and animal mm-hmm. sacrifice. So the place had all the trappings of a spa with at least some likelihood of capturing something worth my time on film. Sadly, the location no longer exists, having suffered two major fires before demolition. I, however, took one hundreds, if not thousands, of pictures with a variety of cameras. This was a bit before cell phones were supporting the tech for any decent photography. If memory serves, it was within a year or two or even owning my first cell phone. So I treasured my collection of pictures as time went on, as I never really had photos of friends, family, myself, or people. Furthermore, I thought it really special I had so many photos of places that didn't exist any longer. I was fortunate enough to have investigated three different prominent places before they were no longer on the map in a manner of speaking. Of all those photos, however, it was the pictures from the lodge that really stood out. Orbs were a dime a dozen in the aforementioned shots. 
a light trail of uncanny length, prismatic camera malfunctions I've never been able to get an explanation of. Perhaps the most intriguing for me immediately upon capturing them was photographs of rooms I'd taken that I'd never been able to find again after dozens upon dozens of revisits and photo shoots. Also noteworthy were these red dots or spots that would appear only in pictures from the lodge, a photo anomaly that was quite common, but I'd never seen anywhere else even off the same rolls of film. The pics were just a hot topic amongst my acquaintances and I, but something I really thought was once in a lifetime sort of special. That was until after the place burned down. Those pictures seemed special in totally different ways as time passed on. I'm going to be rude to myself to interject briefly on cursed objects. To be blunt, I don't think very many phenomena have as much evidence to substantiate the claim as the matter on deck. To be blunt, I don't think very many phenomena have as much evidence to substantiate the claim as matter on deck. One need not dive down the Google rabbit hole too deeply on the subject to discover an absolute robust volume of historical lore and personal antidote. I'm not pretending to be an expert on the matter, but the prominence of relics such as the Hope Diamond have even fostered the attention of professionals in many fields of sciences, and yet all we claim to know is that the likelihood of all the terrible that surrounds certain objects of our world is too unlikely to be reasonable. I'm also definitely not prepared to know or phenomenon suggests that perhaps there are laws of physics and energy we just don't get. I so go as far to say energy may not even be an accurate word here as I'd venture to guess we are probably lacking the power, proper language for whatever it is I'm getting at. The ultimate point of this interjection, from dolls, Annabelle, to paintings, the crying boy, to jewelry, the hope diamond, to statues, the limb statue, nasty, graphologists so happens to seem to surround particular things. The first odd instance involving my pictures actually occurred before the place burned down and I consequently stopped going, having only the photos as the remaining evidence of this special brand of spooky. I was playing in a band and the guitarist had a woman who practiced palmistry and claimed clairvoyance saying on the other side of the building he and his cohorts at the time had. I was really freaking out over these pictures and when I showed him he suggested I took them to the woman. Thus it was on, the bandmates and I went for a visit and things seemed fine. The gal was quite hospitable, talked normally for a bit, and then went on to do palm readings for us. When she got to me, I recalled I felt pretty chilled out if not absent-minded until she ceased to do the readings and said, You have some pictures to show me, and I think we should look at those before continuing. Oh, that's spooky. <laughs> well, snap. Seeming now ill at ease, we had announced I'd be coming with pictures, so it didn't initially seem too weird aside from her interrupting her own reading. Upon looking through the pictures, she seemed at first intrigued, eventually arriving at some she claimed contained particular human spirits, and then finally one in particular which contained a cluster of red dots. Almost immediately upon seeing that picture, her eyes began to water, and she said there was a dangerous and oppressive force she was unfamiliar with in the photo. Given night, but needed to speak with me again further and privately, but to not ever go back to or mess with anything involving the lodge. I agreed, and we all left pretty creeped out. 
the very next day, the guitarist called me to say the woman and her family packed up and moved out. No joke. Oh my gosh. Okay. Packed up and moved out. Where They weren't living in the lounge, though. I don't think they were just living in like the town or something. Okay. I want to move on to present. I want to move on to present day. So I'm going to fast forward a bit here and just say in the years that followed, Horrible things befell every single individual involved with that place or whom had given the pictures the time of day after it had burned down. When I say horrible things befall, I'm talking people disappearing, people dying, people going to jail with no common denominator other than the subject matter I've been discussing. It would actually be a whole different story entirely to explore that whole saga. I myself went from being a pretty dedicated health nut and martial arts practicer to a full-blown drug-addled junkie, and eventually was facing up to 23 years in jail myself. Suffice it to say, at the point, my paranormal investigation career ceased and the pictures got put away. So years passed. I eventually got my life straightened out and managed a fair amount of success as a tattoo artist. That time in my life never fully left me always maintained an interest in the spooking side of life, but the pictures and investigating had fallen into the background. I eventually got what I would have called my dream home of sorts as it was a quaint, perfect little place for one dude. <laughs> okay, I guess that is a dream home. The perfect quaint place for one dude. One dude. <laughs> yeah, one dude. Around where I grew up, smack dab in the middle of where I always romanced living when I was a kid. In the move, I rediscovered the pictures I'd put away and was cognizant of them when I unpacked. As some of it sounds, I thought nothing of flipping through them and separating the exceptionally weird pics from the rest, so it's not to lose them. I am still a skeptic at heart, I guess, and for the majority of my life, I've probably over-rationalized a large amount of what I'm sharing it for no other reason than to cope. After getting my word in order and getting sober, I developed a close kinship with another artist and musician. He and I got sober together, and eventually I told him all these tales, and of course he wanted to see the pictures. I obliged, and alone thereafter, having rediscovered the pictures and shown my compadre, my furnace exploded. The foundation of the house got all messed up when they were doing work on the sewer system, oh, and electrical fire started in the wall, toasting half my house belongings into my dismay, my pictures, and all my personal pictures and keepsakes as well. The solid stack of the particularly noteworthy photographs were safely outside the vicinity of all that got crispy. Probably over-rationalized large amount of what I'm sharing if for no other reason than the cut. So the, I think the whole premise was like he would take pictures the of pictures buildings. Awesome. Yeah. But the orbs. Okay, so after getting my world in order and getting sober, I developed a close kinship with another artist and musician. He and I got sober together and eventually I told him all these tales and of course he wanted to see the pictures. I obliged. Not long thereafter, having rediscovered the pictures and shown my compadre, my furnace exploded. The foundation of the house got, uh, where was I? Got all messed up when they were doing work on the sewer system. An electrical fire started in the wall to sing half my house, belongings and to my dismay, my pictures and all my personal pictures and keepsakes as well. The solid stack of the particularly noteworthy photographs were safely outside the vicinity of all that got crispy. Mm. But whether or not I would go on to call that a fortunate thing remains to be seen. 
Uh, as for my friend from that time, he went back to drugs and crime after we'd spent years together working on our careers. He never provided me any reason. An abandoned career and friendship alongside a seemingly overnight abrupt change in his disposition. I cannot say much more about it as we parted ways in life at that juncture. Again, the remaining pictures were packed up for yet another move. This time one need fast forward a number of more years as I did un as I didn't unearth them again until about a year ago. And all this time that had passed and everything I've revealed up to this point, I am sure I am Oh, gosh. I am unsure whether or not the pictures had anything to do with, well, anything. They simply could have coincided with a bunch of bad decisions and circumstances. Mm. This entire account lends to more than one possibility here, and one of those is that I simply am suggesting connecting the dots that aren't even on the same page. It is now only as I continue the chronology of this account to present day and witness the sub... I don't know that word sublimities rather than the larger impacting recollections that i at the very least believe that even if those thoughts don't connect there are in fact on the same page or close enough to exhibit some influence at the time of this writing i rediscovered the pictures about a year ago and for the first time since the fire at the previously mentioned residence i again am for what i believe to be a final time now feeling a truly hardened skeptic an affirmed atheist agnostic proclaimed my own Wowie, sure, it was stupid of me to have ever considered these to be cursed or some such thing. I recall fearing embarrassed. I was anxious to ever show them or handed them as they were extremely interesting and perplexing pictures of the most riveting time of my life. Even if that time was mostly horrific and a place that no one can even see or visit anymore. I was tattooing some fantastic folks who'd become close friends over time, who were extremely interested and involved in all things spooky, including self-proclaimed mediumship. So I told them about the pictures, which spurred talks of some different projects I'd have to work on with them. The actual topic of pictures got put on the back burner as we decided to try our hand at diving into the aforementioned projects in the weeks that followed until I recalled and sent them the images the next time I saw them. They spoke at the length about how it was abundantly clear to them the energy contained in these photos was terrifying. One of them couldn't look at them whatsoever after even a glance, while the other claimed to literally need to cleanse the phone after deleting them. Don't even begin to ask me what cleansing one's phone means that malevolent voices involves. I did preface this story by saying much of this is beyond my comprehension. What was more alarming than at all that at least to me as I take claims with a grain of salt, even if this one rattled me, was the way tempers began to flare and the visits that immediately followed. I clearly had some moments of aggravating one of these individuals to a point that some unnerving reactions totally unbeknownst to me. I'd known them for years and can't say I'd ever known them to get outright mad the way I seemed to unwittingly antagonize. The whole moment in time and space, as well as the projects, were short-lived and really went down in flames after I suddenly developed one of the worst bouts of illness in my life. It felt like I nearly had food poisoning for a week. That was followed by such an extraordinary inflammation of my colon, I needed a hospital stay. After getting out of the hospital or resuming work, I was finishing a tattoo session at the end of a long day. Both my client and his wife were standing on the same side of a wide open room that I was, while across the other side of the room, there was a standing pole lamp with a camera mount hung over it, 
so I could record my sessions when I wished. I can't recall what we were looking at, but all three of us were quiet as we googled whatever it was we were discussing when suddenly we all heard a loud thud and looked up only to discover the camera mount had fallen down a good foot or two in front of the lamp. Where it was landed was relevant because it had literally impossible geometry, no matter how I sliced it, as the mount hung from the lamp by a strap wrapping around the pole body of it. Meaning that strap, which was so perfectly secure, had to have somehow hopped up and over the top of the lamp. Had it loosened or fallen straight down in any fashion, the strap would have still been at least around the lamp, which it most certainly was not, but again, was still secure. Absolutely impossible physics to not merely my simple monkey brain, but the two cohorts in tow as well. There was, This was exciting to me as well. I didn't immediately think the ghosts or pictures or spirits. I just knew it was one of those rare instances in life one just can't explain, and I was lucky enough to experience it with other witnesses present. This is only with six minutes of talking shit. <laughs> okay. Still entirely skeptical of any connection between these pictures and stuff going on wacky do i pulled them out once more to show them yet one more individual just as skeptical as i he'd become curious after i told him part of some of the weird that surrounded the lodge in my days of researching such locals my girlfriend was present and thankfully wise enough to say i'm not looking at those and left the room a decision i am now grateful for Immediately following that, nothing seemed to go too wrong with the exception of some major electronic malfunctions that inhibited both my ability to work as my primary graphic powerhouse machine suddenly started experiencing bizarre shorts, killing the components and randomly shutting off the fans till it would overheat. But I mean, computer parts crap out all the time. This was just extremely poorly timed. What doesn't happen all the time is the following. Cleaning supplies randomly flying off shelves in a bathroom no one is in. The IR sensor in my television stops working only to start again. As my PlayStation turns on, my computer turns off twice in a row. Separately, as though each time someone was waiting by the computer to hit the button as soon as I did, my girlfriend discovering the door to the basement unlocked and wide open. A door that is always locked. Inside our home, well, all the outside doors remained unlocked and no one in proximity to have messed with the door aside from her and I more than once. Food that was in the fridge being automatically discovered all over the floor instead of in addition to a beer can that somehow emptied of half its contents to clean up without a single opening, puncture, dent, or otherwise. I've kept the half cap I've kept the half full can for months and had everyone who's looked examined and tried to figure it out. A few theories that failed when tested, still no clue. Witnessing lights turn off on cameras only to turn back on when I get up and go to examine why. A tattoo machine, a $600 tattoo machine, mind you, disappears. I've never lost a machine. After scouring every inch of the premises and even other places thinking I could have maybe took it elsewhere in the studio, I am convinced it was stolen. During this search, I poured out the garbage multiple times, once right in front of my girlfriend and another gentleman. After hours of this, I finally checked the garbage distraught and quite upset, and then seen that I was done and the search was senseless, only to discover it was there, plain as day, on the top of the garbage. I am so grateful to this day I poured out the garbage in front of everyone two times before that. A cleaning bottle flying off the countertop in a room right behind where my girlfriend and I were sitting watching a movie. 
So I'm nearly perfect for a brief climax point in the movie when the music picks up to create a rise in tension. The timing of a great deal of things is what in fact made of them hard to swallow is common coincidence. Numerous things disappearing only to reappear either exactly where I think they should be or in obscenely obvious places happens with some aggravating frequency. This seems to only happen to my things, not my girlfriend's, which leads me to believe my brain has probably seen better days and I'm misplacing a number of things to be fair. But to be equally fair, I've never had things disappear and reappear like this before. A fine example of a true antidote. Oh, buy a pack of cigarettes, smoke one, put them down, go back to smoke another, and they are gone. Start a search in the vicinity that goes on until I'm livid for an hour and decide I should just get dressed again and go to the store all over again. I take my sleeping clothes, I put them aside, get dressed, turn around, and my cigarettes are now sitting right on the pajamas I literally just took off and turned my back on for no more than 60 seconds. A helium balloon tied to weight in the shape of a dinosaur I had as part of a surprise set up for my girlfriend was on a stool. Not having moved for a whole day since I placed it on that stool. I go to bed after going to the kitchen. She reports going to the kitchen after me. Now, but 30 minutes later, after she was surely the last in the kitchen, right after I'd been, the balloon appears still tied to the weight directly in the walkway to the kitchen. As in no walk to in or out without walking right into it. This is at least a few feet from the stool, which was actually in the room my girlfriend was watching TV in. Meaning this balloon literally moved practically while right beside just a few feet from my girlfriend as she lay on the couch. Quite possibly the strangest and hardest for me to put into words was the experience of some sort of visual anomaly. At the same time, my girlfriend saw something different in the exact same space and place. She had seen what she described as a light move. We have a projector that casts stationary stars on the wall and ceiling. She described it as though one of the stars was pronounced and moving, but too bright to be from the projector. Alarmed to the point that her eyes began to water, I look to see what she's looking at, and I see what seems to be either my vision getting dark or the room becoming dark. And all of a sudden, my stomach turns, and I can no longer look directly toward it momentarily. It felt almost like seeing something startling in a movie or suddenly grotesque and automatically shutting my eyes and turning my head away in an involuntary way as my stomach hurt. For the record, I have bad eyes, used vision, correction, contacts, lenses, but I've never had any acute visual hiccup or saw anything that wasn't there my entire life. And to be frank, this has been abbreviated and incompletely run down. I'm not even sure where to go from here or what I'm suggesting. To be honest, I don't have a strong developed stance on all of this. I'm simply trying to report something as objectively as I can here. And that something is, no matter how strong one's resolve not to be affected or skeptic or whatever and i do believe that position to still be a healthy and strong one to take i must contend it does not resolve an individual from the fact that things in this world don't make sense and at points the experience we unravel in spite of our own beliefs reflects one thing we just don't get it and a final unfortunate and grim note to me over an update on the artist friend i've mentioned who abandoned the career path we were pursuing together at the time of this writing he is now dead over a year. It wasn't completely shocking at first knowing what I knew of this chemical dependency. However, his passing, his brother told me there were some really peculiar things about him leading up to his death. The most alarming of which to me was an account of his back having gotten scratched, all jacked up in the middle of the night, and him having woken up in the house claiming a demon was trying to kill him, and he didn't believe the demon was real. 
Sash thought it was just a dream until it lifted him up off his bed and threw him a gift against the wall hard enough to visibly cause harm to him as a person. Uh, I've said enough to absolve myself of need for much in closing. I hope this account merely conveys an objective course of events that suggests there may in fact be real danger in playing with things we don't understand, even if we couldn't be paid enough money to believe in them. However, my objective in my crafting of this brief writing, I've collected some unique subjective fringe theories as to the possibilities, and since I can't claim to know, and some of those theories place people in parallel by seeing the pictures and myself merely by handling them, I must respectfully decline showing them at the present time of this writing. As the facts that are contained here and are suitable enough to give me at least the notion there isn't a necessary risk involved, and the facts I've left out detailing the truly terrifying experiences I had over the course of the years I frequented and researched the lodge leaves me certain that it is, is risk and that need be handled as cautiously as one possibly could, if ever, even at all. Now, with all that out of the way, I'd like to add an epilogue piece to all this. Finally, something I'm not concerned with being accurate or objective whatsoever, and that is the various theories that have been tripped over or presented to me in respect to this whole enchilada. <laughs> the energy that existed at this lodge has somehow been retained, and the pictures and acts as a conduit or necessary component in the presentation of a portal gateway that provides ample opportunity for things to get spooky. The energy that existed at the lodge has somehow been retained in the pictures and acts as a beacon of source to attract the wackiness. This is not in fact of anything at all to do with the lodge, but my fear subconscious belief in it all itself is what manifests in currents such as items moving, poltergeist-like activity, in other words, exposure to the occult and paranormal somehow predisposes us more so to throwing around our very own brand of people energy was easily mistaking it for spirits spirits possibly vicious friendly or both from the lodge itself have followed me the present and activity have nothing to do with the lodge or the pictures but i've now been in fact dealing with a fairy spelling entirely unrelated from my exploring such as abandoned locations from way back when Absolutely nothing at all paranormal metaphysical is or has happened, and I'm just poor witness to a series of retarded and at times terrible coincidences that defy a typical odds. The pictures retained a negative mojo from the location that is actually regular everyday bad juju curse. Because I recklessly pursued the paranormal with wild abandon in my youth, I screwed up as was followed by something from somewhere else, and again I'm really mistaken. The connection to the lodge. I've lost my marbles and I'm just one short of six pack, which may very well be the case concurrently with any of these other theories. And of course, the list goes on. If this somehow reaches the attention of anyone with insight questions or even cares to just contribute their own theory to add to the list, please do so by sending mail to, and you can contact me if you want this email. Hope you've enjoyed and or got spooked by the read. There has to be some point to all this, even if it was merely to share with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we just tried to save the file and it said that it couldn't and uh, needed to retry the upload. So I guess what's ever in your photo is more of an unspeakable curse. It's messing up the recording in here too. Yeah, I'm. I need to knock on wood. Where's the crystal? Oh, 
crystal. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm nervous now. I'm nervous now. Like, oh. Yeah, so those photos are bad luck. There's definitely some sort of some sort of power that they hold, whether it be spiritual or unlucky or whatever. Yeah, and thank you for not sending them to us because uh, I don't want to see them. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm a little bit interested. I wouldn't mind looking at them. 50-50 chance something could happen. We've already been hit by the unspeakable curse, so I don't know. But I wonder if he's ever uploaded them to the internet. Or if he only has the picture by itself and just keeps it. Keeps it yeah. hidden away for that reason. Are the photos... I don't recall if it was mentioned, but are the photos digital or not? Because... I believe they were... Because he said it's before photographs and stuff. Like yeah. on cameras. It could have been either on a camera or a printed like image. Like a print. Because he was mentioning yeah. when there was like the house fire and things that... Um, yeah, they didn't yeah. get affected. So they're definitely yeah. a physical copy. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, you can see them. I don't want to see them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. It's already corrupting the recording. So I, I'm good. That's enough corruption yeah. for the day. It was very interesting how they theorized about everything at the end. Like, he mm -hmm. hit it right on the nail about, like, the ten different possibilities that, you know, it could have been something attached to him. Yeah, he kind of explained what been... we would talk about. Yeah. Theories and that. Yeah, like, it could have been in, could have been on the photo, could have been attached to him, could have been short of a six-pack. I thought it was interesting how after showing it somebody, um, they would have something happen within the next day or a week. Like that yeah. one person moved away the day after or whatever seeing it. Yeah. That was pretty interesting. The um it did remind me of um like the conjuring movies, like the conduit where something mm. is in the object. And then as the object yeah. gets passed around, like it just, that's, yeah. So kind of makes sense. Like maybe other people were like when they were exposed to it, it would cause anger and personality shifts and all that. As for that one um, couple that he had tattooed that he became friends with after seeing it, they became angry with him and stopped talking or whatever. But, you know, what I would think is, you know, what caused them to act that way? Wouldn't they think of before seeing the picture or think of how they started feeling negative after seeing the picture and they would realize that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm so sorry about your friend, but like that sounds really disturbing how they also, before they passed, they were experiencing the, like the, what did they say? The devil? But Not I, specifically, but yeah, bad omens. Yeah, bad omens. And that just, that doesn't sound right. So, okay. Well, in terms of how to dispose of the photos, if you want to dispose of the photos, I don't, you I don't You wouldn't know. be able to. What if you burn them? They would come back. Oh, my gosh. They, no. Next day, they'd be in the same place they were probably. Oh my god. Something like that has a lot of energy in it. And he said it's either energy or something 
something with the photos themselves. Oh my god. Okay, so yeah. you need to go to the Warren's home and you yes. need to go and Lock like yeah, give them your photos for their museum of the conduits and get it out of your possession before it possesses you. These interesting people can instantly tell a negative energy about the photo. Mm-hmm. Now, that was pretty odd. Yeah. The medium scary. and saying like, what well, it was the medium at first that said something about it, right? And yeah. then she was like, you need to show me the photo. And then it has a negative. Yeah. Though, although you can, you can tell from certain photos or things when there's a negative energy. Like you'll just see it and you'll just be like, no, mm-mm. Walk away. Yeah, some people are like that. They see something negative, they can walk away. Yeah. I don't really feel negativity towards pictures. Yeah. That's just my experience. I haven't had it happen yet, so. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Yay. (sighs) Okay. Do they mean, like, suspicious as in sussy, or are they calling something a sussy? It's sussy. That's the Among Us. You haven't seen the memes? No, it's literally, no. It's literally just a meme. The sussy among us? Like the game, They just right? say sussy or sussy baka or something. Like the game. Like The I Among Us is a yeah, game. Yeah, that's us. where it came from. Yeah. But... I'm not sure where the sussy can... Well, if someone does something suspicious, they call it sussy or sus. Yeah, like that. So that's yeah. where that kind of came from. Because the Among Us game, you're basically... I've never played it, but... You're trying to find who's, like, the suspicious. Yeah, who's the killer yeah. or something. Yeah. I've watched, like, a a video or something about it once right. on YouTube, but I've never played it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll go ahead and read this here now. It's from okay. Reddit. Uh, it's called Sussy Among Us Email. So, I am here to tell my story about living in a haunted condo. <laughs> Is that funny? Like, yeah, like it sounded like that. Um, the opening of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Really? Yeah, like, this is a story all oh, about how my life goes. A story about living in a haunted condo. I don't know why that sounded so similar. Okay, sorry. I guess Continue. I can see the comparison. He was not going to rap. <laughs> so, here's my story. I'm a nine-year-old male living with my parents as well as my brother, 13-year-old male. Yes, I have authorization to send this email. I don't think that was necessary, but... So I was just wandering around my condo like a stupid man I am. No, you're a child still. And you were stopping at random hallways. So I turn a corner and go to my brother's door and stop there. Then turn like sonic speed, but on steroids. Anyways... I turn my body backwards and I see a floating shadow man. I have the slowest reaction time ever, so I didn't see it for a couple of sections, uh, seconds, and then I saw the scene for like seven seconds. Only in once I realized it was there, it was gone. Literally. I have not mentioned this to anybody but my friend Alec. Anyways, that's all. That's pretty sussy. Yeah, I... No offense. Wait, but... he's not writing this in as a nine-year-old, though, is he? Or is he older now? It sounds like he is. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. I do have some criticism about it. 
there's not really a, a plot besides he was walking around the condo and he sees a shadow man. Oh my goodness. Well, and that was it. Sam. This would have been a very interesting plot line for the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but. It could have been, yes. Yeah, unfortunately, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was a little bit. Yeah. Work on your um, sentencing a little bit. Yeah. Um, we need some more detail. Yeah, there wasn't really any detail. That, the most yeah. detail was saying that where he lived. Yeah. And there was one sentence about a shadow ghost, mm-hmm. and that was it. Maybe he's playing a little too much of Among Us. He's playing ah. a little too sussy out here. Yeah, too sussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we, to like figure this out, we would need a little bit more description, a little bit more about you know, what the figure looked like, the feelings if you saw him again. I'm so sorry, though, if this is happening to you regularly, like... <laughs> is he actually nine years old writing this? How did he get I on think Reddit? He is. I mean, here, read it for yourself. I mean... How did he get on Reddit? I hear... He's only Is told he one man? person, though, so he hasn't even told his family about it. What he should do is ask his family if they've seen it. <laughs> Is this what you, you wrote when you were, like, nine with your brother? And you were like, I'm just wondering, I'm coming to the super Yeah, he stopped turning and see his shadow figure. Scary. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. Oh, wait. I've seen the ghosts. That was all. Anyways, that's all. Sussy. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Something about that just like you probably should not be on here anyway. <laughs> it was I was definitely expecting a little bit more than that. Yeah, it was it was very overwhelming. Sus. Oh my god. A little too sus. A little too I'm suspicious sus. and sussy that it wasn't a real story. I know. Okay. Last one. This one is from Puts Pop on Reddit, and it's titled The Muddy Banks of Blood Creek. Okay. Oh, Blood Creek is the nickname the locals gave to Kilmore Creek. The creek earned the moniker when pollution from the Nolan Metals Corporation aluminum plant turned the water red. The factory was shut down due to excessive EPA violations. Since then, the watershed after rainfall from the plant ground still temporarily turns the creek water red. Eric and Kevin have been best friends since high school. Eric is married while Kevin is divorced. They have kids and they live in the same town. For over 15 years, they've gone on a hunting and fishing trip. Just the two of them. They usually camp near Blood Creek. Eric has been more successful in life than Kevin. The success came at the cost of a strained marriage. Kevin has been a good friend during the rough times. The guy made camp at Clearing Downstream from the old aluminum plant. They went down to the muddy banks of Blood Creek for fishing. They had a particular fishing hole that they liked to go to. With a cooler full of beer and fishing rods in hand, the men settled in for some fishing. Eric took the chance to vent to Kevin about his marriage struggles. Kevin sympathized as he had already been through it. Kevin excused himself for a minute to go pee. <laughs> I don't know. That was a, I don't know. Yeah, that just seemed unnecessary. That was a good detail. Yeah. He stood behind the tall weeds a moment, considering what he was about to do. He walked back to the fishing spot quietly. 
Kevin pulled out his hunting knife and then thought better of it. He pulled the knife and picked up a large rock instead. Kevin creeped up behind Eric and bashed him in the back of the Holy head shit. with the rock. Eric's body slumped forward and splashed face first into Blood Creek. His head and shoulders bobbed in the water while the rest of his body remained on land. Blood flowed into the creek from Eric's crushed head. Kevin sat down and muttered, Sorry, buddy. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know if that's funny, but... I'm so confused where this came from. I know. After two more beers and a half hour later, Kevin rolled Eric's body into the creek. The body looked like a grotesque boy until it sank into the water. Kevin stood and watched it go under. The story would be he saw Eric slip on the muddy banks, hit his head, and rolled into the stream. Kevin was out of reach to help. Unexpectedly, it started raining. Kevin went back to camp and decided to wait it out rather than risking his getting his vehicle stuck in the mud. He would make a couple of emergency phone calls, which he knew wouldn't go through due to the remote location. This was all part of the plan between Sarah, Eric's wife, and him. They had been seeing each other for over for the last year. Their love, plus the added bonus of Eric's life insurance payout, was an incentive to do this. Sarah helped him plan it. Just then a voice whispered in his ear, let's go fishing instead. Kevin was startled and looked around. It must have been his nerves. He was a bit rattled. The voice whispered again, why is Blood Creek red? Kevin jumped up and demanded to know who that was to an empty tent. He shook his head and lectured himself to pull it together. After a moment of silence, he scrolled through a couple more photos. The whisper asked, does she like it when you pull her hair? Kevin jumped back up and pulled out his knife. He panicked and tried to run out of the tent, but something tripped him. Kevin landed on his knife, which stabbed him through the throat. His head and shoulders protruded the tent and lay outside the ring. He gurgled and spit up blood before dying. Sarah became worried when Kevin was past due on returning. She called and reported both men missing to the Forest Service of the area. Rangers found Kevin dead at the campsite with a knife. <laughs> with a neck. I don't know what that is. <laughs> with a knife stuck in his neck. It appeared that he fell on it. His phone was recovered too, but the authorities never found the nude photos. Something had deleted them. Eric was missing, but presumed dead when his gear was found on the muddy banks of Blood Creek. Eventually, Sarah decided to visit the campsite for some closure. Her lover and her husband died there. That's unfortunate. She wasn't sure what went wrong. Kevin was supposed to kill Eric and dump him into the creek. She knelt down at the muddy banks of the creek where the rangers found the fishing gear and breathed a sigh. Something hard and heavy smacked her in the back of the head. Sarah was dazed and bleeding as she was pushed into the stream. She recognized the whisper in her ear that said, Goodbye, Sarah. She stayed above water only a moment before losing consciousness and drowning. Her body was found several days later downstream of Blood Creek. I, I, that was actually a very entertaining little novel, but I a can't. A little bit of comedy in there. Yeah, I can't say I'm not disturbed, but this is actually very entertaining. 
I wonder who the familiar voice was at the end. Yeah, who was the voice that was controlling everybody? Yeah. Because there, there was a voice that was talking to the one guy, and then I guess the guy was talking back to her in the different voice. Yeah, and it was all so, at a different time. So that makes me think maybe the first guy that died was the voice in the mm-hmm. second guy's head. Oh, my gosh. And well, he was trying to guilt trip him about it and kill him for that. No wonder Sarah died at the end because she was doing sus stuff. She shouldn't have been married and with this other dude. Or going to the campsite. Like, why would you go out there alone? That's sus. Yeah, going out there in the first place was a bad idea. Uh So I'm not surprised of the outcome there. And I don't know. The fact that, like, kill your guy friend on a camping trip that just is so like horrendous planning to kill your friend yeah this is, that's really a menace move right there that's so like even though he Very had heinous. like the motive and the story that's like how could you do that that was your friend and y'all had children and stuff like oh. he must have really liked the wife then. i don't know uh, well that was a very disturbing I don't think I ever want to read it again. Thank you. No, I don't think I'd read it again either. <laughs> no, thank you. The story itself wasn't so bad, though. Yeah. It was It was actually, it reminds me of, um, like, of a Stephen King kind of style novel. Yeah, know? with the head, the head voices and whatever. Yeah. The fishing trip, a little bit of an eerie setting there, mm-hmm. fishing together alone. And yeah. then the Red River. Or the Red Creek, should I say? Yeah. The Red Creek. Just adds to the eeriness there. Spooky. 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 If you like our theme song, it was created by the talented The Real Rorschach. If you have stories to email us, you can email at hellogostypodcast at gmail.com. Or post to our Reddit page, paranormal underscore HG podcast. Also, make sure to follow for updates on Instagram and TikTok under Hello Ghosty Podcast. Goodbye.